Blog Talk Radio. everyone and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewitt and I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. I think you're really going to enjoy the guests who are listening here this morning. First, Jen Navarro, the Director of the Front Office Operations for the Hilton Hotels, will be explaining why you don't need to leave your pet behind anymore when you vacation. The Hilton Hotels are now offering some very pet-friendly services that you don't want to miss hearing about. And then, if you've been searching for a gentle method of dog training, Alana Stevenson will be explaining some of her very special techniques for teaching dogs to be good companions. So don't go away. Great information is just ahead on the Pet Place Radio Show here on AM 1260 and 540. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on AM 1260 and 540. I'm Marie Hewitt, and I'd like to welcome to the show Jen Navarro from the Hilton Hotels. Good morning, Jen. Good morning. I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for coming out today. Thank you for having us. You know, um, back when I was a kid and we used to go on vacation, um, if we would take our pets, um, it was really, really, really difficult to find a place that would allow our pets. And, um, in fact, most of the places that would allow pets weren't really very nice places to go. Yeah. And I've just discovered that the Hilton Hotels are actually welcoming pets with a very special pet package. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yes. Um, Hilton Hotels actually has a pet-friendly program, but... We have our own special, unique pet program. It's called Wagged at the Waterfront program. And um, our furry friends get a Wagged at the Waterfront downfield uh, pet bed. They I also saw that bed. You brought one in. It is so big and comfy, and it has the cutest little embroidered dog on it. Wow. Yes, and they're actually made from their reused sheets, so sheets that are from our guest rooms that maybe had a stain or a cut or a rip. We actually just use the remaining sheets to make the pet beds. Oh, so they're eco-friendly, I guess you could say. They're That's just reused right. and recycled. Uh-huh. Um, they get a wagon at the waterfront water bowl. They get dog treats, a special welcome card for the dog. They get directions to Dog Beach. They get a small pet sundries kit, which includes biodegradable waste bags. Oh, great. Stain and spot remover, deodorizer, and a small Hilton dog tag that they can take with them. Aww. <laughs> now, the waterfront, that's right across the street from uh, Huntington Beach, right? Yes, and it's less than one mile away from Huntington Beach, Dog Beach. Okay. So guests could either walk there or it's just a quick drive to Dog Beach. And on Dog Beach, the guests can actually, or the dogs can actually ro- roam free, so uh-huh. it's nice for the And the guests dogs. can, too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's usually packed at all times. Wow. Yeah. Now, how did how did Hilton get the idea of having this pet-friendly hotel and, and pet package? Well, I think that there's so many requests for can I bring my pet, and as you know, pets are now members of the family, and everybody wants to bring their pet. So we kind of jumped on the bandwagon of, hey, let's just try it. So about three years ago, we started off with 20 pounds to see, you mm-hmm. know, how many people would bite, and everybody bit. So then finally Hilton bit, 
and then they raised it to 40 pounds, and now they just recently raised it to 75 pounds because we get a lot of people with labs. Okay. But we also get a lot of, you know, lap dogs as well. So we're glad that they upped it to 75 pounds because now we get bigger dogs okay. that come along. And right. cats. Oh, I haven't seen one yet, too. but cats are allowed. Okay. Do you have little cat beds also, little cat dishes? We haven't catered to the cat, the feline friend yet, but um, I'm sure once someone says we're going to bring a cat, mm-hmm. maybe we would try it out. Um, I have only heard of one person who brought a cat, but they brought their own little carrier, so. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Cats are pretty particular about where they want to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> so right now we're just uh, to the dogs. Wow, that's really exciting. Now, what kind of comments are you getting so far from the people who are taking advantage of the service? They absolutely love it because, they're, like you said earlier, there's so many few places that they can bring their dogs. So the fact that, you know, we cater to them and they we're like, yeah, bring them along, and all of our staff just, they everybody loves dogs or animals. We have a lot of pet owners in our hotel, myself, our hotel manager, our general manager. Mm-hmm. For the most part, everybody has dogs. So everybody's just, you know, when dogs are walking in the lobby, they they go up to the dog, meet the dog, introduce themselves to the dog. So it's very, very pet friendly. Now, have you had any negative responses from other guests who don't necessarily like pets or have a problem with it? Any negative feedback are the people who are allergic to dogs. Okay. Or, you know, the fact that Hilton advertises that cats are allowed. They mm-hmm. think that, you know, the dander from cats or I'm allergic to cats has a cat been in this room. But those are the only negative feedback that we get is I'm allergic, has a dog or an animal been in this room. But um, Do you designate then certain rooms as the pet rooms? Our hotel doesn't have designated rooms. Okay. It's open to all guests or all rooms. Um, but every room is extensively cleaned, I guess you could say, after a pet checks out because of the hair. Just our own Hilton standards, we can't have any remnants of a prior guest, so that includes hair. Okay. So that now includes pet hair, so the rooms are extensively cleaned after an animal has departed. Okay. But I've never heard anybody say, I've found, you know, dog hair or cat hair or anything like that in a guest room. Oh, that's great. Most people, if not all, are open to it. It's just the ones that are allergic to animals that now, do people have to um, advise that they're bringing their pet ahead of yes. time, or can they just show up? It's about 50-50 a lot because people want to make sure that it's okay to bring their dog or their animal, mm-hmm. and so they'll let us know at the time of reservation. Or if they walk into the hotel to check in and they have a dog, then we have them fill out a form. Everyone has to fill out a form to register the dog, okay. and then we disperse it throughout our hotel to let everybody know, especially housekeeping, that there is an animal in this room. Okay. Um but, yeah, so either at check-in time or time of reservation. Okay. Yeah. Now, if somebody wanted to leave their pet in the room and then go out and do something, is are they allowed to do that? Or is are there problems associated with it, like if uh, maid service is mm-hmm. coming and there's a dog in there? We, we don't recommend it. We actually, the form that the guests would fill out says that the animal has to be leashed in with you at all times because for the safety of the housekeepers, you know, we don't want them to be frightened when they walk in to clean the room and then there's a dog there. But it okay. has happened, but um, the form that we fill out has the guest's cell phone number, and we are quick to call the guest to say, hey, you know, we would like to clean the room, but your dog's in the room. And they're very, very nice to, oh, let me come back. I, you know, I just went downstairs for a quick minute. So okay. no problem so far. 
Well, I know that some hotels offer uh, child care services. Um, is the Hilton uh, offering uh, doggy care services if a guest wants to go out and do something that's just people-related? Is that something that's on the uh, planning yes. list? Yes. Um, we actually right now are currently using, it's called Your Animal's Best Friend Services of Orange County. Um, she has her business cards and her postcards out on our concierge desk, and our concierge highly recommends this service, and guests actually you know, come to the concierge and ask, and she's the one who does the dog sitting or the walking or takes them to the dog beach for the guests. Oh, so okay. right now that's the service that we use. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. So so somebody can go out and do something without their dog and know that it's going to be in good hands. Yes, it's highly recommended by the hotel and our concierge. Okay. Are, now, are you finding that more and more people now that um, the program's been going for a while are using the service? Is it getting more popular? Um, I would say it's going to get there, but this specific service, um, we have probably been recommending her for about a month. Oh, I mean, in general, your your pet-friendly program, are you seeing more customers oh, coming yeah. in? Definitely. It, definitely in the summer when, you know, they're bringing the whole family, mom, dad, kids, uh -huh. and the dogs, since, you know, the animals are part of the family now. But now that we've kind of, summer slowed down, we're seeing less dogs. Okay. Or animals, I should say, but definitely in summer, they're okay. everywhere. Now, does I know you have your size limit, and it's been increasing over time as you're testing it out. Um, eventually, do you expect to eliminate any size limit rules? Like if somebody has a big St. Bernard that weighs 100 pounds. Yeah. I would say that Hilton will eventually. They're kind of just testing the waters as we were when we are like, oh, 20 pounds. But, you know, if someone walks in with a lab or they call and say, I have a lab. We don't deny them. We just give them the rules of, yeah, it just has to be leashed at all times, and it has to be with you at all times. But the 75 pounds is just more of a guideline. Okay. Now, it sounds like you guys just really love animals, and I'm glad to hear that. Um, I'm hoping that this is something that, that the Hilton will spread across uh, their hotels everywhere. Do you see that happening, too? or I do. Um, I think it depends on your location as well. If it's a, a corporate hotel and mostly business travel, they may not have the need to, you know, incorporate a pet-friendly program, whereas we, our location is a beach, dog beach. There's three dog parks in Huntington Beach that they call bark parks. There's mm -hmm. several restaurants that are pet-friendly. There's actually a restaurant called the Park Bench where you can actually take your dog. It's outside dining, and there's a dog menu there. So it, the community itself is so pet friendly that location is huge for us. It just fell into place. Mm -hmm. Wow. So you have all those uh, dog friendly businesses probably at the concierge. Yes, staff. we do. Yes, oh, we that's do. great. So and there's actually a fine dining restaurant on Main Street, which is just a mile away from us, or less than a mile, that is now pet friendly. So wow. for the fine dining to be pet friendly is it's huge. <laughs> Times they are a changing. <laughs> wow. Okay. Now, if somebody wanted to check out your facilities, um, where what what's your exact address and phone number and all that good stuff? It would How be they get uh, waterfrontresort.com. Okay. Or they could go to Hilton.com and type in Huntington Beach, and then our hotel would be the first one because we're the only Hilton property in Huntington Beach. Wow. I wonder if Paris Hilton had anything to do with this, with her and her dogs. You know, one time, a couple, like three years ago, we had a uh, a silent auction, and she donated one of, I believe Tinkerbell is her dog's name, donated one of their 
she had a little sports jersey for them, and it actually sold. So. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for thank coming you. out, Jen. I know, um, I know this was uh, not something that you were uh, expecting to do. You were a pinch hitter, but you did a great job. Thank so you. I appreciate you thank explaining you for everything about the Hilton program. We need to take a very quick break, but we'll be back again on the Pet Place Radio Show here on AM 1260 and 540. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on KGIL, AM 1260 and 540. I'm Marie Hewitt, and I'd like to introduce our next guest. It's Alana Stevenson the author of a wonderful dog training book that can help quite a lot of people and their pets. Welcome, Alana. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Wonderful. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so glad you could be here. First, we should tell everybody, what is the title of your book? The title of the book is The Right Way the First Time, Teaching Your, ki- teaching your Dog Kindly and Humanely. Okay. And it is available at PETA, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, and online and in bookstores. Okay. Can uh, can Is it available on Amazon if somebody did a search there? Correct. It's available on Amazon. It's available on caninekitty.com, which is my website. Was that canine? Canine Kitty, which is letter K, number 9, K-I-T-T-Y. Oh, okay. Caninekitty.com. Very and good. And they can get a signed copy. Oh, that's great. So if they order it directly from your website, then they get it autographed. Correct. Well, what a bonus. Now, let me ask you, Alana, what do you define as positive training? Positive training means rewarding your dog for performing a behavior you like. When your dog does a behavior you like, you show your dog that you appreciate that behavior by rewarding your dog. Rewarding anything your dog enjoys. Okay. So by rewarding your dog, your dog will want to perform the behavior again, and humane training entails being aware of what your dog is doing and paying attention to those behaviors, so you're focusing on those behaviors you like, and you're rewarding your dog through whatever your dog enjoys when your dog does those behaviors you like. Okay. Now, let's say you have a little puppy, and um, you're trying to teach him to come when you call to make sure, you know, he never runs away and gets lost. Uh, How would you Mm -hmm. recommend going about doing something like that? Well, one thing that people have a tendency to do is chase the dog. (laughs) So rule number one, if you want an animal to come to you, you don't want to be chasing them. It's sort of chase or be chased. Mm-hmm. That's all so, a game for a dog. I know that <laughs> when my dog uh, takes off, if I start chasing after him, he's as happy as a clam, and he's going to keep running. <laughs> it's yep, only it's only if I stop, then he'll say, hey, what's up? I was playing. Correct. So one of the things that I teach, and I do have this in my book, is body language that people can show or give to a dog to entice them, to entice the dog to follow them, games that you can play to start teaching the cue for coming, to shape that word. We tend to use the word come or over here when the dog is running after a squirrel Mm -hmm. or not listening to us. So people rarely teach a dog what coming is, and pulling a dog 
on a leash is not getting the dog to voluntarily approach them. Chasing a dog is not getting the dog to voluntarily voluntarily approach them Mm -hmm. or using techniques where they call the dog to come and then they do the bait and switch. So they call the dog to come, the dog comes, and then they throw the dog in the bathtub or put the dog in the crate or something that the dog finds unpleasant. And then next time the dog will wait and look at the person to say, why are you asking me to come? And so they're setting up the dog for hesitation. So a lot of it is just following certain principles. The other side of it is through training in a positive way and reward, you can make your dog want to voluntarily approach and come to you, and whenever they do so, it is rewarding. And that does not just mean giving a piece of food. That means making it meaningful for the dog so that they, one, trust you and that it's in their best interest to come because they voluntarily want to. So I teach a lot of those exercises and little things that people can do as well as more complex things that people can do depending on how far they want to go to get a good recall, which is just the training lingo for coming. Okay, so do you really kind of step-by-step this all the way through your book then and really give people some good ideas on how to handle it? Yes, everything from what they should do, little principles to follow, do's and don'ts, there's a summary section, as well as specific exercises that you can start doing with your dog and training games that you can play. Okay. Now, do you recommend doing a lot of training in a fenced area, too, so that the dog won't run away and get into a dangerous area? Yes. One of the things that I recommend for people to do is either find an area that is fairly open but contained so they don't have to worry about, obviously, their dog taking off or running into the road um, or chasing after something and getting lost. Okay. One way I also tell people to do that is to get a long line, which you can get online, which is simply a very long leash. Um, They can come 15 feet, 20 feet, Mm -hmm. 100 feet, so that people can begin to get the feel of off-leash training but still have a way to control their dog if their dog does begin to run. Okay, that makes sense. Let me ask you this. What is the most important lesson, in your opinion, that... um, that you need that that you teach to dog owners when they get a, a new dog or a puppy? There are two really important lessons I teach for puppies or for young adolescent dogs. House training is obviously a very important lesson and the other lesson that's very important is teaching people how to prevent play biting and chewing or okay. chewing personal belongings or biting the owners through play or just being very mouthy. That's something that is very important for people to know when they have young dogs or adolescent dogs, as most young dogs want to play in two. Mm-hmm. The other lesson that I teach, especially if it's a young adult dog or an older dog or a shy or timid dog, is attention work, which is simply reinforcing that eye contact recognition and rewarding your dog and shaping that attention, which is simply the check-in. So if you say your dog's name or if you make a noise, your dog will look at you and basically check in to say what it is that you're doing or what it is that you're wanting. If you can't get attention, you can't get much else. And shy and timid dogs do very well with attention work because it makes them trusting of eye contact. Okay. And many dogs are nervous of eye contact or direct eye contact, especially if they're shy or fearful. Okay, that makes sense. Let me ask you this. Are there any types of dogs or breeds that, that you recommend or pretty much uh, any dog you figure can be trained well and, and make a wonderful companion? Any dog can be trained with positive reinforcement. There are no breeds that you need to use methods on as opposed to 
there's definitely different trends and types of dogs where, for instance, labs may be more mouthy or border collies have a high chase spray drive or may be fixated on balls or toys as opposed to food. Um, but mm-hmm. any dog can be trained through positive reinforcement. I always recommend to people to adopt a dog from a shelter or get a rescue dog. There are so many animals in these homes that people really shouldn't be buying. They should be looking into purebred rescue organizations, and most shelters are just filled with capacity with cats and dogs of all ages who are just in desperate need of homes. And these animals are usually very wonderful, and they, they sure have just been dumped, and people tend to give up on their animals very easily or just pass them around. Right, right. So, you know, some of those training things you were talking about, you know, when animals chew things or when they don't get house training, those are probably the number one and two reasons why people dump their pets at shelters or rescues because um, they think they have bad animals that that just won't learn when, in fact, they haven't really taken the time to teach their pets. And, That's uh, really true. And, and they want to learn. Animals want to learn and they want to do what, you know, what makes their pack happy. And um, it's very sad to see all these animals end up at shelters that are perfectly trainable, and uh, and yet through no fault of their own, there they are waiting for a new home. Correct, and there are many puppies as well, and many young animals, puppies and kittens, because people don't spare neuter their animals, and they end up at shelters as well. Pet Finder is a wonderful search engine to that find really is. Yeah, adoptable pets and any animals in need of homes. Mm-hmm. Um, animals at shelters are not worse behaviorally than getting a dog from a breeder, a lot of it is based on what the animals experience, but people can have a lot of problems when they get dogs from breeders, especially from pet shops and puppy mills. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. I always well, recommend people adopting and getting an animal from a rescue or a shelter. Pretty much every pet at a pet store is going to come from a puppy mill, and those places are just absolutely deplorable, and, and the poor little animals that are born there usually have all kinds of physical problems, so I couldn't agree with you uh, more on that topic. <laughs> Let me ask you this. What is the question you get asked more than any other question by your clients? Ah, that is a good one. Why can't I just say no? Or how do I teach no? Mm-hmm. And the other question I get is simply how to get their dogs to stop jumping on them or chewing on them or their furniture or their belongings, as we just discussed briefly. Okay, and then, then what do you tell them? Well, there are many answers to the question of why can't I just say no. The most important reason I give to people is that no does not convey any instruction. So it does not tell your dog what you want him or her to do, and it may startle your dog for a moment or scare your dog or make your dog afraid of you, but your dog will still not know what to do the next time the situation reoccurs because Mm -hmm. no new behavior has been taught. So no fails to teach, it only scolds or reprimands. That's right. it's cathartic. It may help for a moment because the person relieves tension. The dog may stop for a moment because the dog is startled. But in the end, it's not going to resolve the problem because there has been no instructions conveyed or given to the dog. So the right. dog really doesn't know what to do for next time. So it's reactionary. It's not really proactive. Right. You have to tell them what to do. So you're you're so right on that. You know, in your book, you list some poor training approaches that you don't recommend. I'm sure saying no is one of them, but what are some of the others? The others 
tend to be very popular techniques that are based on the dominant submissive methodology of training. Mm-hmm. Alpha rolling is one. It's a very popular technique. It creates many behavioral problems in dogs and creates a lot of anxiety. This is when people will grab the dog by his her neck and throw or wrestle the dog to the ground, usually growling in the dog's face. And unfortunately, this is not a method wolves use to teach young, nor is it something that dogs do to each other. Mm-hmm. So it causes many dogs to fight in self-defense, and it makes many dogs become wary of human touch and eye contact. You know, and another they- one, I, I'm sorry I'm interrupting you, but I just thought of something that people always used to do, and when they were house training their pets, they would always say, they put their pet's nose in the little mess that their dogs made, and I just could never understand why they would do something like that. And people still do that, which is really unfortunate because it's really the same house training a puppy is really not that much different than house train toilet training a child, mm-hmm. only you're doing it without diapers. <laughs> so it can be a little trickier. The only thing is puppies can learn quicker. Yes. Um, <laughs> That's but people sure. will go and rub the dog's nose in it or yell at the dog and throw the dog outside, but that's really no different than if you have a child and you're trying to teach them to use the potty. If they go in their diaper or if they weren't wearing a diaper and they go somewhere else to sort of smack them in the head and then throw them in the bathroom and hope they figure it out on their own. A it's lot really, of again, not being proactive and teaching yeah. the animal what you want them to do. So this is what we do to dogs all the time. and. We often wouldn't think of teaching people this way or teaching human children this way, but we do, for some reason, think it's absolutely fine to treat dogs this way, even though Alana, they I hate to interrupt language. you again. Our time okay. passes so quickly on the show, but I wanted to thank you for being here one more time. What is the title of your book? The title of the book is The Right Way the First Time, Teaching Your Dog Kindly and Humanely. Wonderful. And it's available at PETA and through my website, caninekitty.com and Amazon. Excellent. We need to take a very quick break, but we'll be back again in a moment on the Pet Place Radio Show. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewitt, and I want to tell you about something special that the Orange County Register is doing. As some of you may recall, I write a column in the pet pages of the Register, It's somewhat of a Dear Abby advice column where I tackle any problem associated with animals, wild or domestic. Well, let me tell you, the register, which has always been pro-shelter pet adoption, will be putting together their third special sponsored pet adoption section. What this means is that readers can sponsor a shelter pet for $19.99, and that pet's picture will be featured in this very special section. You can say that the pet is sponsored by yourself or yourself and a loved one, or perhaps even in the memory of one of your own pets or any way you want. For more information, contact the Orange County Register at 877-469-7344, extension 2203. And as always, I encourage you to check out the Pet Place website at PetPlace.org to find out all the latest Pet Place news. You can click on the contact link and say hi or give us some suggestions for topics you'd like to hear discussed on the show or anything you'd like to talk about. That's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend here on AM 1260 and 540. I'm Marie Hewitt. 
please spay or neuter your pets and have a wonderful day.